For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Today's podcast is sponsored by FastBitcoins.com. FastBitcoins provides a simple way for people to buy Bitcoin directly from their bank account or with cash in physical stores. Their services are rapidly growing in availability across the UK, Estonia, as well as Canada and they're launching in Australia soon too. FastBitcoins is committed to providing high-quality Bitcoin-only services. They want to make sure that the growing number of people interested in buying and benefiting from the possibilities of Bitcoin can do so easily, securely, and with as few distractions as possible. Learn more about FastBitcoins' range of services at fastbitcoins.com, including how you can earn Bitcoin for free through their referral scheme. That is fastbitcoins.com. Fastbitcoins.com. Go check them out. I am the man, sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand, stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam, put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang, y'all gon' remember the name. What's up ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. Now on today's episode, we've got on our very first returning guest. She is a writer. She is the owner of the website, Feminist Current. She is a journalist, and she is also the host of the new podcast called The Same Drugs. And this is Megan Murphy. Welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me back. I'm so excited to be here again. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, according to some people, we're not supposed to talk to each other or like each other and stuff, but... You know, we it, should it, have canceled each other <laughs> <laughs> in this weird world we're living in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been uh, when were you last on the show? I want to say it was a little bit over a year ago. I don't remember exactly, but because I think it was right after I got banned from Twitter and that was like November 2018. I can't believe it was so long ago. Yeah, it was it was definitely a few months after that because I, I yeah, I think it was like I think it was like February or March last year. Okay. Yeah, I think it was February or March. Um, but yeah, no, that was a really interesting conversation. That's actually still one of the most listened to episodes, which is cool. Um, cool. So yeah, no. Uh, so for people who may not be familiar with who you are, can you give a little brief intro? Sure. So 
I'm a writer. Um, I mostly work for myself. Uh, lately, I've been writing for The Spectator and Unheard. Um, I run a feminist website, feministcurrent.com, since 2012. Um, and I've done a feminist podcast by the same name since then also. Um, so I've been doing kind of writing journalism, um, radio stuff, podcasting stuff for quite a long time, almost a decade now. Mm. Um, but mostly focused on like women's issues and feminist issues. and then. Of course, I got into the gender identity debate, um, and as a result of you know saying what I consider to be very like basic, uncontroversial things like yeah. men are not women, um, and referring to men as he, they banned me for life, which is still crazy. Like it's had, it actually has a really, a really bad, really terrible yeah, it's not impact. Good. Like no, yeah. on my my ability, like I can't work. I really can't do my job properly. Mm. Like, not only can I not sort of communicate my message, so I just, I'm constantly being libeled and misrepresented and I can't say or do anything about it. I can't correct the, like, endless lies about me online. But I Mm. also just, you know, I can't connect with people. I can't connect with other writers, editors, journalists, people that I want to interview. Um, It's difficult to share my work. I have to, you know, use platforms like, Facebook. I used to not have a public Facebook, um, mm-hmm. like a work profile. I just had my private profile and same with Instagram because I actually don't really like social media very much. Um, I kind of like Twitter, but I don't, mm. I really hate Facebook. I find it stressful and <laughs> crappy and I don't enjoy using Instagram that much. So it's sort of now I'm forced to be on these platforms and use my energy in a way that I would rather not just because I work for myself. Like if I worked, if I had a a job, like if I worked for some company or like a university or um, something like that, then I would be less dependent on these platforms. But as an independent, you know, all of my work and all of my income is sort of generated just via myself and my ability to connect with yeah. my audience and into with people. Yeah, so you've got to be able to network and share ideas and just be part of the conversation. I mean, I, I think it's, I'm really not a fan of this deplatforming thing that's been going on. It's not, um, it's not cool. It's not fair. It's very arbitrary. Um, I'm sure you saw that situation where I got, I got temporarily suspended for saying, okay, dude, you know, I mean, <laughs> of course, Expensive. yeah, I mean, it, at that level, you know, there are some, there are still a lot of people who are kind of like, mm, do they really have a bias? Or I'm like, come on, like at this stage, you can, you really, <laughs> you know, a, a couple people, you can be kind of like, <laughs> how would I put it? So for example, when they started banning people like, um, you know, Milo Yiannopoulos or Alex Jones or uh, Gavin McInnes, Minne- et cetera. And you get, always get people who are kind of like, oh yeah, well, you know, they're a little bit, you know, too far, whatever. And I'm kind of like, okay, if you don't think that's going to be you next, then good luck. Those walls are going to, are going to close in and whatever is considered on the fringe, like there's always going to be someone who's considered on the fringe. And the problem with that, I mean, very specifically with that whole misgendering rule is that that is a very ideologically, that's a totally ideologically biased rule, right? There's no other things are, you know, objective. But the funny thing about misgendering is if someone is not, doesn't totally buy into the gender ideology stuff, right? And someone believes that, oh, like pronouns are immutable and sex is immutable, et cetera, which is, which the most majority of people in the world do, by the way, 
then it's not some like crazy fringe fringe view. Then this idea that you know what misgendering means, in fact, would be different to a different person depending on that on their ideology, right? Like if I said, as I've done before, right? If I identify as a woman and I now say, you know, my pronouns are she, and someone else refer, continues to refer to me as he, then depending on someone's definition of misgendering, right? By calling me she, that would be misgendering me because I'm actually, I'm actually male. So it's it's just a it's just a very weird it's a very weird one and and with all the other craziness you see on Twitter like you see, especially at this time right you've got riots and stuff going on I've literally seen people like directly directly calling for criminal activity with like fifty thousand retweets calling for violence telling people to shoot police officers like the craziest stuff and it's just like totally fine. And then someone else just says the, I know another person who got suspended for saying a cool story, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it was, okay, dude, someone else, it was cool story, bro. I think you, it was, you know, men aren't women though, or something. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. It's hilarious because, well, I I see it as kind of like akin to imposing a religion on someone because yeah, it's an ideology, but it's also a faith, you know, it's Mm faith-based. So you're saying you just have to accept and believe that this man is a woman and say that and not ask any questions. And, you know, if you don't believe that, then you deserve to be persecuted. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a nonsensical thing because of course, nobody really knows. Like, how am I supposed to know how you identify? How am I supposed to know what your inner feelings are, what your personality is, or what kind of clothes you like to wear? Like, you know, and like, so we're supposed to all instinctively know. Um, I mean, the okay dude thing I find particularly really hilarious because I call everybody dude, like I call women dude. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. Gender them, exactly. just you know, it's yeah. a casual way. It's like saying you guys, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and and yeah, and the fact that we can't even have a conversation about it. I mean, and like you say. The, the choices that Twitter makes in terms of who to ban mm. are really actually kind of offensive to me because, you know, there's still, there's graphic pornography. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's, you know, there's sex trafficking, essentially. You know, there's mm-hmm. prostitution being sold mm-hmm. on Twitter. There's terrorists. <laughs> there's terrorists. <laughs> there <are> terrorists. <laughs> and there are overt calls to violence. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, pedo- and pedophiles, too. And pedophiles. It's crazy. And then, you know, and then they ban someone who is, you know, been doing feminist work for a really long time, who's, you mm. know, primarily my work over the years has been opposed to violence against women um, and challenging prostitution and pornography, yeah. which are obviously really exploitative, harmful industries. And just because I, I want to talk about the fact that, you know, females are a real thing and males are a real thing and that I don't want to have to buy into somebody's, you know, essentially delusions or even just preferences. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's just a preference. Like, you know, it's fine to have your preference, but you don't get to impose that on everyone else. Um, And we should be having a conversation about this because it has a real impact on people, particularly women and girls. So, you know, it's just really, I don't want to say, you know, like, 
Twitter is a misogynist company because they also bl- ban all sorts of people for other things that have nothing to do with women and feminism. You know, they yeah. ban people with right-wing opinions. It's um, just very ideological. It's very ideologically right. biased, yeah. Right. And, you know, for them to have this level of power over discourse and politics, I think people should be way more concerned about and way more frightened about, to be mm. honest, than than they actually are. It's It's pretty funny that you know, people who see themselves as progressive or left-wing people are now supporting corporate power, essentially yes. supporting the rights of a corporation yep. to dictate <laughs> what kind of thoughts and politics and ideas and conversations yeah. we're allowed to have. It's like, okay, you guys really lost the plot here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, I'll be really interested to, you know, get your thoughts on this, uh, how this has kind of evolved for you over the past couple of years, because I'm sure it's made you sort of question a lot of things, maybe that you were sort of perhaps thinking before, because with an issue like this, or even the very concept of free speech, the I've kind of summed it up that there, there's kind of like two different types of people. And I do think that, you know, this might be my own bias, but I do think that conservative right-leaning people are a lot better at upholding principles rather than end goals. Do you see what I mean? So for a lot of these progressive types, if whatever happens, as long as it takes them closer to their goal, it's fine. Like they don't really stick by principles. So if some right-wing guy that they don't like gets kicked off of Twitter, that's good for them, right? They don't care about the principle of free speech, right? Like I don't want, you know, someone could be a pro super socialist, whatever, which I I'd oppose, right? I love capitalism, but I don't want that person kicked off of the platform, right? I don't want them not be allowed to speak at a university. I don't want them getting attacked because of their beliefs or their ideas or whatever. I I can have a conversation with them. If if I think that they're wrong, I can offer up a rebuttal, right? So this idea of, you get a lot of people kind of saying like, oh yeah, it's like, it's on both sides, it's equal. And I'm kind of like, it's it's not though. <laughs> like, it, it, it's really not. I mean, and, and I don't know, I don't know when it started to, it seems like in the last 10 years, that has really shifted a lot. It seems like the concept of free speech itself and the concept of honest debate and open conversation, they've almost become right-wing ideas, which is very strange to me. I don't know what your, what your thoughts are around that. Oh, yeah, totally. It's strange to me also. I mean, one of the main problems which you got at was that, is that, um, the left has decided that the means, or sorry, the ends are more important Mm. than the means. So however they achieve their end goal, it doesn't matter. The principles in between, the the ethics in between, even the politics, you Mm. know, if, if their, you know, politics are sort of contradictory, hypocritical, irrational, it doesn't matter as long as they achieve the end goal, whatever that is. And I think that's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously really dangerous because we see um, leftists defending violence and violent threats. But we're seeing um, it right now. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, that should be unequivocally unethical. You know, mm-hmm. I, I do not think that violence is good, no matter what. Yeah. And provably so. I mean, I'm getting a bit off track, but, you know, I've been having debates with people online about rioting or or the whether or not violent protest is effective. And Mm -hmm. it's not, 
is not effective. Rioting isn't effective. And in fact, what's often happened is that it arms the the very communities these people are claiming to to support and advocate for um, and ushers in the right, which is something that these people don't want. Mm. Um, And, you know, I think a lot of people don't know the history and don't know the facts and and haven't paid attention to what's happened in the past, you know, during the, the riots in 92 and sort of prefer to present their like woke online oversimplified narratives. And, you know, like, I don't want to play into identity politics, but what I'm seeing, and partly this is just because these are people who are in my circles. um, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, middle-class white feminists, Mm -hmm. many of whom who are not even from America. So aren't really on the ground and aren't seeing what's going on. Um, And defending rioting, defending violence, defending the destruction of these small businesses. Mm. Um, And just because they think it sounds like some like radical, like revolutionary thing to do that. Like I Mm -hmm. think they, you know, if it makes them look good, that's what counts. It doesn't matter if it has a harmful effect on black owned businesses or it's black crazy. communities and they yeah. want to be all like black lives matter. And it's like <laughs> guys, black lives matters supports nonviolent protests. Like yeah. the pro the, those are not the protesters advocating violence. Most of the, most of the protests and the protesters have been nonviolent. Um, but anyway, I sort of got, I got way off track there, but yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yes, it's fine. It's like fine. on, on the left. Yeah. I mean, so many, they, they've stopped advocating free speech and handed it over to the right. And then they complain that, you know, free speech is just like a dog whistle for the right. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> kind of your fault because you let them have it. Yeah. Like yeah, no, this is an important principle and, and you seem to be against it. Not even you don't care, but you're hmm. against it. Yeah. It, it's a weird one. I mean, what, we, what you were saying about the riots, I mean, this is why I find it hard to take certain people remotely seriously because they don't have to deal with the consequences, it, it, they, right? You, I'm, I've seen the same thing. People are advocating for this and that. Even celebrities are saying, yeah, this is righteous anger. And people are there burning down, looting, destroying places where you don't, yeah, you don't need to shop there. You don't need to go there. You don't need to live there. So it's easy for you to sit there in your ivory tower. And, you know, they're even putting up money to bail out the people who are getting arrested for destroying and vandalizing buildings. I don't know if you've seen that. They're doing, rather than raising money, to maybe help support the guy who's just had his entire store or the woman who's just been beaten up outside her store and might have uh, need to pay hospital bills, you're paying bail for the criminals who have caused the problem. And I'm just like, I don't know, I, I feel like it's, I feel like I'm being gaslit or something. And they're there, you know, hashtagging away and standing up on this podium and, you know, fight the power and all this. And I'm just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is so, I don't even know the word. <laughs> It's like, it's like offensive. It's It's just like, come on, man. It is. And it's just, it's so short-sighted and it's, I, to me, it's all about optics. So I feel it's very self-centered. So Mm. those people are not thinking about people. They're thinking about themselves and what it will look like for them to tweet this or post Mm -hmm. this on Facebook and how many likes they'll get and how, you know, they'll be able to present themselves as more woke than everybody else. Here, I'll tell you one that's funny. Sorry, I'm going to jump in here because you'll find this funny. You know, uh, everyone was posting the black squares on Instagram. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I posted just something else. And I <laughs> I did have one white, I'm assuming liberal woman, comment that she was unfollowing me because I didn't, because I posted something instead of the black. And I was just kind of like, that actually sort of sums up the whole, <laughs> oh, I was like, that sums up the whole mentality of like, just total the lack black of. black squares. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I did not post a black square. Oh, so you don't um, care about black people, Megan? I totally. I'm clearly a racist. This is what people are doing. I know. What literally happened to me this week is that people were like, "Megan, are you like? Do you support racism?" And I was like, "No, of course not. Of course I don't support racism." Well, we haven't seen you post anything saying you oppose racism on Facebook, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." First of all, am I supposed to post every <laughs> single thought I have on Facebook? Second, like this should be obvious, like <laughs> based on my work over history and my politics. Yeah. And also, like, are you what an idiotic way to engage with the world where it's like you didn't say something, so clearly you agree with it it's or insane. whatever. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. this isn't this isn't very thoughtful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did want to say something about the, you know, the you know, because I, I saw a video of women getting beat up by yes. men. Yes, I've seen it. Um, <laughs> I've seen and, several. And I also saw feminists defending it. Wow. Um, so in one case, it, w- it was a female cop who was getting dragged around by some male protesters. And they yeah. some other protesters came along and pulled the guys off of her. So mm. fine. And I did see the shop owner situation with as the, well, with the two really... by four it was like five it was like five guys or something with mm-hmm. armed i was just like i was i don't know it's weird it's um like some of my principles are, are pretty basic principles you know it's kind of like, you know harming innocent people is wrong like, it doesn't matter if you're angry it doesn't matter how you try to rationalize it or whatever you can't just beat old women with a stick it's it's so indefensible that that's I think that's the most disheartening thing about the whole thing. It's it's actually sort of less that certain things are happening and more the number of people who are willing to if not condemn it, like actually condone, you know, there's people who are actually condoning it and who are kind of like, yeah, but it's sort of just and I'm just like, wow, this this is kind of disturbing to me, you know, and it's coming from people I'm not expecting it from, like people who I thought would outright condemn it. I'm seeing some people kind of like, yeah, but you've got to understand, you know, people are angry, they've been oppressed, whatever. I'm like, that doesn't mean you can just go and beat a woman with a stick with, with a two by four and trash her shop who had nothing, nothing to do with anything, right? And people are here, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter. I'm like, you shot, you just shot a 70 year old black man in the head who was just trying to defend a store. And I'm just like, man, like, come on, humans. Like, what's, what's going on here? It's easy to hashtag and virtue signal and whatever, but what about just sticking up for basic human... <laughs> just, this, is not, this is not a political thing. Just, you know, basic human decency. I find it quite, quite concerning. I find it really disturbing. Um, I mean, the footage that I've seen, like, I... It makes me sick to watch it, mm. and I've been watching it because I want to know what's going on, but it's really upsetting to watch. I don't like seeing violence or people beat up, no matter who the person is. Not pleasant, no. And I just, yeah, I mean, I've seen the same thing where 
people are defending it by saying things like, you know, yeah, they're, these people are oppressed, you know, they're really angry because of all this history and, you know, police corruption, racism, da 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 da. And I was like, okay, so if somebody's angry, that means that if they beat somebody else up, that's justified. Where do you think this is going to go? Like, mm-hmm. This is not ethical practice. I mean, supposedly we're in the interest of protecting humans and human lives and um, human dignity. And you're dehumanizing people. You're acting as though it's okay to sacrifice some people because some other people, you know, supposedly we don't know, you know, these people who are going around beating up shop owners and and beating up that female cop. I mean, you don't know if they're oppressed or not. They could just be like, some super privileged according to identity politics yeah. man and mm. and probably he is i mean yeah, most likely. Of, yeah. yeah but like and you don't know you know you don't know that shop owner's circumstance you don't no. know anything about her i mean you're making all these assumptions and they're assumptions that are convenient for your social media narrative and meanwhile somebody's getting the the beat out of them yeah. um and, you know, why are you, especially if you're a feminist, but I mean, anybody, mm. you know, what? I thought we were opposed to male violence against women. <laughs> I thought that was like the main it, thing. It, it depends. Everything has a caveat, Megan. <laughs> everything, everything has a caveat. Um, Unless it gets me likes on Facebook. Yeah. I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one where I knew that that thing had totally jumped the shark. I don't know if you saw this video, but the one where there was um, a pro-life woman who was somewhere and a man roundhouse kicks her. I don't know if you ever saw this video. It went viral. There's I think a woman. I may have. Yeah. The guy, like, the guy literally, he sort of winds up this kick and just kicks this woman. And the amount of people who were like, yes, this is our king. I was blown away. I, I was like, you know, when you're just reading comments, like you're not commenting yourself, but you're just. And nearly all of them were in approval of this guy just kicking this woman because they don't like this woman's view on this issue. And I was like, whoa, okay, that is, that is telling. Right? So, so if a woman has the wrong opinion in your brain, then it's totally okay for a dude to kick her. Like, right. just, I was like, wow, okay. That, that's definitely principles out the window. Um, one thing I was wondering, though, is, I mean, through all this, I mean, as someone who, you know, you define yourself as a feminist, uh, I know from our last conversation, you consider yourself, uh, at least traditionally, more left-leaning. Where does this kind of leave you? I mean, this, this is, as, I don't know, I don't know if you feel like you've shifted or the world is just shifting around you or whatever, but where does that even kind of leave you? Like, what's, what have the last couple of years sort of been, been like for you, I guess? It leaves me much less interested in labels and yeah. much more interested in what people say and do. Mm. Um, I don't really care that much if somebody defines themselves as left or right or conservative or um, or even feminist. Um, because you can kind of call yourself, clearly, you can call yourself whatever you like <laughs> and your principles can be yeah. <laughs> or <simply>. or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um and you know I just I've been so disappointed by the left and mm. so disappointed by much of feminism to be honest and it doesn't mean that I think that 
you know, right-wing people or conservative people are inherently good or right either. Mm. It just means that I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept or assume that a person is more ethical or has better beliefs or politics because they call themselves a leftist or a feminist. And Mm. I'm also not going to assume that somebody who is right-wing or conservative has unethical beliefs or unethical politics or is a bad person. And I think that's just, I mean, that should be obvious to anyone. I don't feel like I'm saying anything even that interesting, but that's not how the world functions. (laughs) The the world functions in this like black and white, good, bad way. And if a left-wing or feminist person deems somebody even if they don't identify this way. I mean, this is another issue is that people go around calling people right, conservative, Mm. even, you know, far right and fascist, despite the fact that they don't fit within those categories. Um, But they just don't know how to categorize and label them. And this is like really triggering for people when their Mm. black and white world sort of falls apart into gray areas. You know, the that's a bad person. It's like, you can engage with them. You can't listen to their ideas. You have to dismiss them. And I find it I find it really actually kind of amusing when I, identity politics intersects with this good, bad, black, white thing, because all these people who are like, listen to black people, listen to black people, listen to people of color. But not um, Zuby, not Zuby, <laughs> not Zuby, not Candace Owens. Like, no, 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 not, not the, <laughs> not the not. <laughs> do, do you know the, do you know the, what, what they do now is they say that, um, I, I don't, I don't know if you've come across this one. But they'll say that I'm that people like me are not are not actually black, right? They'll oh, say, okay. Well, that's they'll convenient. That black, they'll say that black black is political. So you can you could be white but be black if you have the right politics, right? Um, so Sean King can be black even though he's white, and someone who's black but is more conservative or libertarian isn't black because their politics don't align with the politics of blackness, apparently. So. Yeah, you know the the goalposts keep on moving. I'm I'm here trying to keep up. You know, I I'm just amused by the idea of someone <laughs> the, telling the you co- that you're not really black. <laughs> you're like, oh, interesting. Oh, you, you must have seen Good the Joe. You must have seen the Joe Biden comment. Surely, did yeah, you see I that? Did, I did. Yeah, yeah. Like he just he just said it out loud. Like uh, that's how a lot of people think, but he just said it out loud, and I was like, oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, those black Trump supporters. They're not they're not actually black. They're just. Uh, Great. I guess I'm white now. Perfect. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that sweet privilege. I yeah. wonder, wonder what I'm going to buy. I might buy a yacht. <laughs> With your white privilege. <laughs> awesome. I, I, might put a, I might put a survey up on my social media asking what I should buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I just, I, it's just, it's too frustrating. I mean, I, I interviewed um, Coleman Hughes yesterday mm-hmm. and uh, do you know him? Yeah, yeah, smart guy. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, super smart. Um, and, you know, I sort of suggested that some of these people who were saying that, you know, rioting is good and defending violence and violent protests and whatnot, um, you know, it's like, well, listen to what this black man has to say about it. You keep saying, like, listen to black people, listen to black people. And they did that thing where it's like, oh no, not him. They were like, he's conservative. (laughs) And I was like, well, how do you, did you listen to the interview? Like I didn't read him as conservative. I don't know what he identifies as, but having a conversation with him, he didn't 
seem like a conservative. Not yeah. that I care. If yeah, he's yeah. a conservative, fine. What he said was really interesting mm-hmm. and intelligent and also factual. Yeah. Um, you know, you you aren't going to listen to actual facts and you're going to dismiss what actually happened in history because you want to write this person off as conservative. I mean, mm-hmm. it's basically telling me you don't want information. You don't want an informed opinion. Yeah. You want your ignorant, you prefer your ignorant opinion over actual facts and actual intelligent analysis. And, you know, he's offering actual solutions and actual things that people could advocate for if they want to affect change in terms of police brutality, which is supposedly the thing that we're fighting against. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to hear it because he's not repeating after you who, mm-hmm. and you're white. So I consider that to be kind of racist, actually. You're treating people of color as if they're like a monolith, right? Yeah. As, as puppets. Like you're using them for your own means. So mm-hmm. you'll prop up somebody that works for whatever you want to project to your to your bubble to your circle because that serves you and then dismiss and erase and silence and you know disrespect somebody somebody who doesn't fit your preferred narrative which isn't even a true narrative you know mm-hmm. you're saying things that are factually incorrect and you don't want to be corrected Megan's been red pilled my job here is done <laughs> <laughs> I don't identify as red pill. <laughs> you know, I was listening to your, um, I was listening to the interview you did recently with my friends over at uh, Trigonometry, also here in the UK, and it was it was really really interesting on a on a lot of levels because it's like how would I put it? Like, firstly, I I agreed with you on almost everything, and I found found it kind of interesting how even from coming from a, a, a different perspective um, and perhaps with different reasons and justifications, it's almost like I, I was kind of, I was sort of chuckling as I was listening to the interview because I was like, oh my gosh, he's a conservative, you know, <laughs> like when you were talking about like, uh, you know, like uh, sex work and pornography and, um, you know, free speech and all, uh, you know, all of these different issues. I was like, you're, you're actually like aligning with <laughs> Like you're actually aligning with conservatives on all these things. Some of the some of the reasoning for them, for example, might be different. So for things like um, I don't know, pornography or prostitution, et cetera, right? Someone who's more conservative may likely come from more of a either a, a religious angle or um family. And yeah, family or the idea that you know, even even you know, a lot of them do align though, even just the idea that this is something that's degrading for women like this is not a good thing for women it's not not a good thing for men like we shouldn't just be all giving in to all of our most basal primal sexual hedonistic desires etc all that kind of stuff so i did find it kind of kind of interesting um just sort of how you'd sort of arrived at those same some of those same conclusions um in a sort of in a sort of different way yeah, I mean, I think you're right that in in some of those cases, the arguments are different. So mm. perhaps for, you know, people on the right versus, you know, people like me, we've come to these conclusions from different roots. Mm. Um, and we'll have different arguments around those issues. But also, like you say, some of the same arguments. And I guess, you know, I'm I'm tired of, I think I still sort of knee jerk into doing this sometimes anyway, but I am pretty tired of 
insisting I'm not conservative, I'm not right wing. Because yeah. it's like, what, again, you know, what we really should be doing is listening to the ideas. Exactly. Um, I'm just tired of defending myself. It's just, <laughs> it's been this long ongoing thing yeah. where people who are, so left wing people who are in favor of prostitution and pornography accuse me of being right wing yeah. and accuse me of being conservative. And I, you know, was identifying as a socialist and my politics were socialist and all my work was socialist <laughs> and feminist. And I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm so, yeah. I'm different than that. And now I'm just sort of like, whatever, can we just have like a conversation about this? I mean, I don't, I don't care. I'm, I'm tired of this thing where it's like, if some of my ideas align with right-wing people, that means that I'm right-wing yeah. or that I'm allying with the right or whatever. It's like, you're, you're, and, you have these blinders on and it's, it's blocking, mm. it's blocking learning because you could just, we could just be talking like normal people. And yeah. instead you're not listening and you're shutting down because you put me in this box that you don't want to engage yeah. with. And look, human beings are complicated. I mean, I, I'm sort of amused by the very idea that people want to sum up someone's entire position on life or politics or social issues by a flipping direction. You know what I mean? It's like left or right. It's like, really? With with all the complexity and diversity we have in human beings, we're trying to reduce this to, you know, I, I did make that joke, I think, when I was on Rogan. I said, um, we're living in a time where gender is a spectrum, but politics is binary. So it's like, okay, so you can be whatever gender you want, because infinite of them, but there's just left or right. And pick one. And if you're on this one, we're going to demonize you. If you're on that one, we're going to demonize you. Whereas Look, I, I've met and talked, spoken to enough people on all sides of the political spectrum to understand that there are, there are decent people, there are smart people, there are terrible people, <laughs> there are awful people. Like, regardless of the positions, you know, the ideas can be discussed. But I think what is happening, though, which is maybe good, is that your, the separation is not... It, what I predict is going to happen, it, it's been happening for a few years, but I think the sort of left and right delineation in practice is becoming less and less important. I think it's more like you've got people who are willing to have a conversation and to be tolerant in the, in the true sense and to accept diversity of opinion, even if we, we may clash, we may differ on certain things. And you've got people who are just not even willing to have that conversation, right? If, if once they're, they're just going to stick that label on you and now you may not speak to that person. You may not associate with them. In fact, if you have spoken to someone who has spoken to someone who like, <laughs> it, it, it's like, there, there's like a chain, right? So if I talk to Alex Jones tomorrow, some people now can't talk to Zuby because Zuby talked to Alex Jones. And now they can't talk to Megan because Megan talked to Zuby and Zuby talked to Alex Jones. And it's just like this, this weird chain that people are, and I'm just kind of like, come on guys, like what, what's going on here? You know, like, can't we just talk? Can't we just discuss ideas? Can't we just be, be decent to each other? Because there is more to the world than politics. Like, it's not, it's not the only thing, right? It's not the only reason why I would, you know, I could, I could align with someone totally politically, and we might not even like each other. Right? We don't even get on with each other. We, we don't vibe. We have nothing in common, etc. And then there can be someone else who, you know, on paper, we actually differ on a lot of different issues, but you know what? Like if we hang out and we talk, I'm like, hey, I like this person. Like they're cool. They're funny. Like we have common interests, et cetera. And it seems like people are so getting so wrapped up in, wrapped up in these labels and things that they're just kind of forgetting to step back and just be like, oh, actually, 
you know, like we're people, we can, we can just be normal. We can be cool. Right. I mean, what's happened is that the labels have become more important than the politics and mm. the words and, and the ethics. And I'm sort of, I'm struggling to figure out why that is, why people are more attached to calling themselves left-wing or feminist mm. or labeling other people in the ways that they do than they are in actually what they do and say and whether or not what they're doing and saying is ethical and, mm -hmm. and rational and productive and effective. Um, I think I know the answer to that. Okay, what? I think a lot of people care more about being, people care more about looking good and feeling good and being perceived as a good person than they do actually being a good person, right? People, people will care and they worry so much about what other people think about them, right? It's, it's the, it's the male feminist thing, right? If you're, if you're, you could be the creepiest, most awful, most abusive guy in the world. But if you put, you know, male feminist in your, in your social media bio, you're suddenly now indemnified for it. It's, you're signaling to everybody else. You're signaling to other men like, Hey, look, I'm a feminist. You guys are scum. I'm fighting the patriarchy. You guys are the patriarchy. Look at me, ladies. Right. And yeah, to ladies, you're signaling like, hey, like, I'm with you. Um, so and it's that's like, often the case. <laughs> yes, it's, it's often, often yes, the case it, it, that male it, it, yes. feminists are creepy, <laughs> gross, yeah. awful people. I've said this so many times over the years, and, you know, people look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, just you wait, just you wait. They're waiting in the wings. Um, so I think it's kind of like that. I think especially younger people, for example. So with young people, college students, it's almost like, you know, you, you have to be left-wing to be perceived as a good person. You see what I mean? Like if you're 18 years old and you're like the right-wing conservative guy, people are going to look at you like, oh my gosh, this guy is, you know, rather than getting to know you or understand what it is that you believe or, you know, maybe your ideas and practice aren't even all that different, which is often the case. Um, you know, so I think it's people wanting to, it's, it's people wanting to look good and it's people wanting to fit in. And by doing that, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a tribal identity and it's also just to signal to those people, right? If you, you know, I, I kind of made this joke on, on Twitter the other day because people, right. I, I saw some tweet which had like tens of thousands of retweets and it was something about, um, it was like something about opposing fascists. And I was like, who actually is a fascist? Have you, have you ever met a fascist, Megan? I hear all. I wonder this also. I'm like, where are all these fascists? I don't know any fascists. Like, who, who, who are these? It's like this invisible boogeyman. The fascists everyone... like storming Canada, apparently. I'm like, yeah, hmm, that's weird. I haven't seen any. Yeah, I've I've met I've We're met a liberals. Pretty liberal country. I've met, I've met socialists. I've met conservatives. I've met libertarians. I haven't met any fascists. Like I'm, <laughs> I've never met someone. Who's like, so like, you know, you know, I'm a bit of fascism, you know what I mean? Like, that's what we need. And it's so strange. Like, even where I live, I sometimes see like stickers and posters and stuff about like, you know, we must fight fascism. Down with the fascism. Oh it's like, I'm pretty sure almost everybody hates fascism. <laughs> like, who's like fascist? no, I'm a radical. I'm, I'm against fascism. You're like, yeah, yeah. I, most of, most of us are against fascism. Like, yeah. 
you know, it's, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's so much about optics and unfortunately it probably does have a lot to do with social media and these two, we have two generations now almost who've been raised on social media and Mm. so do function in the world in a way that's like, um, you know, what I put online Mm -hmm. is me. This is my identity. And this is also the most important thing they're used to engaging online more than they are in real life. So I don't think they've gotten the same training as some of us have in having real life conversations and how much better that is and how Mm -hmm. much more productive it is to actually talk to another person um, face to face if you can. Um, But, you know, as a human being and that it isn't just, you know, something for other people to watch. So Mm -hmm. if you're having a conversation or an argument online, it's obviously quite different than if you're doing it in person, A, because you're forced to humanize that person and you might realize that you actually really like them even if you thought that they would hate them because they have different beliefs than you. But also everyone's not watching and it's not all about like likes and retweets or whatever and your your ego your ego isn't being bruised so badly by, you know, whoever you're arguing with getting more likes than you. Mm-hmm. I mean this this black square thing, I just I mean I don't I don't do lemming culture (laughs) i don't do everyone else is doing this so i'm gonna do it and i like to think things through also before joining so if somebody's if everybody's doing this one thing in one day i'm like no i really need to think this through longer Mm -hmm. than you know an hour before i decide i want to participate but yeah i don't do virtue signaling i don't do i don't do lemming culture i don't do everyone else is doing this so i should do it I don't think that that's productive in any way. I can't see what the possible end result would be of me posting a black square, except that it would make Make me look look good. good. Yeah. So good for you guys. Like you're all um, (laughs) anti-racist and you're fighting the fascists, maybe. Do you know what I compared it to, which which I found kind of funny, is um, are you familiar with the concept of like the Passover in the Bible? I'm not too much. Okay, well... The the idea is, you know, when the angel of death passes over the city and people would um, put the blood on top of their doorway so that they would not be, the angel of death would pass over those houses and not, you know, not kill the people who who live there. So that's how people, you know, the people of God, they, they mark their door, they mark their door with this. So I was, so you actually saw people doing this both in real life and online. So in some of the stores, like places that didn't want to be looted. They'd put like, you know, they'd spray paint like, you know, Black Lives Matter or put like a BLM sign or something with the hope that looters would like pass over their store. And I thought sort of similar with these black squares. It's almost like these these roving social justice warriors who want to go around and sort of enforce and police everybody. It's like by putting the black square, they'll sort of the angel of death will pass over you. And then, you know, it it signals that you're one of the good ones. So I just kind of it's like a weird metaphor, but I just found it kind of. I found the comparison kind of amusing, especially when I saw people doing it with their stores and I was like, well, that's a, that's a crazy one. One thing I did want to um, ask you about actually was what are your thoughts on, so it seems like in the world of, I don't even know what feminism is these days, but it seems like in the world of feminism, there, there is a, a very, very big schism that is occurring and has occurred, which is, you know, firstly, (laughs) the definition of a woman what's even going on in that world like what does what even is a feminist anymore 
according to some people, you know, I'm this, I'm this, uh, you know, evil conservative Zuby or whatever. And I'm the one here who is actually sticking up, (laughs) who's actually sticking up for women in a lot of these things, whether that's in like sports or like private spaces or changing rooms or prisons, et cetera, while y'all are calling yourselves feminists and literally advocating to allow dudes like me with beards and penises into female sports. And I'm just kind of like, what is, I don't know, what's, what's going on? Tell me, Megan. Well, I mean, exactly. <laughs> like, what's feminism if there's no such thing as a woman? You know, what is feminism fighting for? You know, what feminism used to be called in the 70s was the women's liberation movement. Um, I mean, it was also called feminism. But, you know, feminism has historically been a movement for women mm-hmm. and for women's rights. Yeah. Um, and I just, you know, I, it's true. I mean, so many people now who call, I don't know what feminism means anymore either because so many people who call themselves feminists aren't fighting for women yeah. um, and, you know, are fighting for men instead, in fact. I mean, what you're doing if you're this is apparently a very controversial and offensive thing to say but it's true what you're doing if you're prioritizing and you're centering males who identify as women or trans women in feminism and you're fighting for their rights over the rights of actual women and girls mm. then you're fighting for men you're fighting for men's rights and that's why some feminists that i know yeah. will call trans activism and men's rights movement Mm. Um, because literally that's what it is. And I just feel like so many women have been gaslit into thinking because we've been beat over the head with this message that, Mm. you know, men who identify as women are the most oppressed people in the world, even if they're wealthy, even if they're white, even if they don't fit in all the other appropriate identity categories. Who is it that's beating women over the head with that? Um, it seems to me to be a combination. I mean, so I call them trans activists and that doesn't necessarily mean they're trans identified. It's people who are fighting for or advocating gender identity ideology and gender identity legislation. So it's partly these, these men who are identifying Mm -hmm. as women who are centering themselves and sort of bullying and, and in many cases, um, threatening and harassing, you know, I've, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, you know, there's men operating <clears throat> here in Vancouver who are, you know, big, scary, intimidating men who I would not want to be alone in a dark alley with, to use a cliche, mm-hmm. who are, you know, speaking at the Women's March, who have overtly advocated and threatened violence against women, um, including myself and, and the women that I work with to, to organize these these events here about gender identity. Mm. and nobody says anything and our progressive politicians will work with them and will will defund the local rape crisis center because this is what these these men are demanding and then they they have women who are supporting them as well Mm. um often young women but you know female politicians and things like that again progressives and, Mm. and women who would probably call themselves feminists and i don't know I mean, I think some of these women genuinely think they're doing good. They've genuinely bought the narrative that this is the most marginalized population on earth and they're suffering and we have to support them and they're subject to violence all the time. I mean, 
women are subject to violence every single day all mm. over the world. But I mean, let's forget about that. Yeah. Um, and I think some of these women probably just want to be cool and want to kind of get in with I think, the. I think cool it comes women. back to that. I think it comes back to that wanting to look good thing. Yeah. I don't know yeah. who has decided, but society has deemed, as you said, that this is the next human, you know, civil rights frontier. And so, you know, they, they decided that yesterday. And now, you know, just get with the program. Don't ask any questions. Don't question even the most basic questions, right? Like, don't ask anything. Don't question anything. Woman. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. I do. I do find it really funny. And um, another thing I do find funny about it is like, you know, when you get people, a lot of people who are very anti-religion like to call religious people, et cetera, like science deniers or anti-science or whatever. I'm like, you will struggle to find like a practicing Christian or Muslim or Jew or whatever who can not tell you what a woman is. <laughs> you know, like, like there's no, like, it, it's so odd. It's so just we'll kind of like. That biology is just a social yeah, concept. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. I'm just kind of like, wait, I thought you were supposedly or a social construct the, yeah <laughs> i thought you progressives were supposedly like the, the pro-science pro-logic pro-reason people and you've just created your own very bizarre secular religion where the doctrine just makes no sense and you haven't thought about this and yeah it's it's weird it is it is weird it's kind of in in on one on one hand it's funny but on another hand, it's like really disturbing. It's like, it's like very concerning, but yeah. it's kind of, you know, I can see the humor in it and, but it does have very real repercussions. And, um, look, it's not me who's going to be affected by it. Right. I'm not, I'm not saying this for some selfish reason with me, like, you know, good luck, good luck to a woman transitioning to a man and competing in male sports. Like, you know, good luck to you. But the other way around, it's not pretty. You know, it's it's yeah. not pretty. And I don't want I don't want women to have to start dying for people to realize that. Like I'm not trying to see women getting their bones smashed in rugby or American football or boxing or whatever. Like it's you know, it shouldn't it's not rocket science. It's 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 really, really simple. I don't know. It is. It's really simple and it is about science and facts and even if you don't know that, I mean, everybody knows. This is one of the things that drives me crazy about this conversation and this debate is that, no, you you know what a man is. <laughs> You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows that women are the ones who have babies and that yeah. men are the ones who have penises and produce sperm. Stop yeah. playing dumb. And you can look at this man and see that he's a man. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. We know that. This is like built into our biology where we can tell what sex a person is. I mean, sure, there's a few trans people who pass here sure. and there. But, you know, if a man is standing in front of you and saying, no, I'm a woman, you're, you know that that's not true. Mm. And it's just this, the fact that everybody is just going along with it because they want to look good and they don't want to, you know, piss off their friends or whatever is so scary to me. So you're, mm. you're right. A lot of it is funny. A lot of it is just ridiculous. <laughs> but there are also like such serious consequences, not just for women and girls, um, mm. not just for the fact that, you know, we're essentially talking about ending women's sport entirely, 
um, you know, that really creepy dudes who who have who have raped women, who have raped girls, are being transferred into female prisons and sharing spaces with them and like taking their out in prison. This is actually mm. happening. Yeah. Um, but that that the whole population is participating in this mass lie and this mass gaslighting and then bullying each other into participating and ostracizing and vilifying the people who say wait what no Mm -hmm. no this is not this is not true this is not right or even just trying to have a conversation about it you can't even ask the question right you know obviously i can't you know like i was Mm -hmm. banned from twitter in part because it's like you know what's the difference between i didn't you know i said what's the difference between a trans woman and a man was one of the questions that i i asked that got me locked out um and that was that's a genuine question because i'm trying to get at i'm trying to get people to think about what it is that they're arguing i'm trying Mm -hmm. to say you know what is the difference between this man and a trans woman? Can you explain it? Feelings. That's what it, exactly. that's what it boils down to. It, it, yeah. it really a is. Thought. It, re- thought. it really is. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a strange thing. I mean, besides this particular issue, I mean, what is it that you're, let, let's ask two questions here. What is it that you're most uh, optimistic about? And what is it that you're most concerned about? Oh. Just in terms of society and culture, maybe. That's a tough one because today I'm not feeling very optimistic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do go through periods of optimism. And what I feel optimistic about is conversations like this. Um, you know, I'm excited that it does seem like, despite what we might see on, on Twitter or Facebook, that's not actually representative of most of the population. I think most people are interested in engaging with other human beings as human beings. I see more and more interest in conversations like this happening. I mean, it's sort of what I've been trying to do on my YouTube channel. I'm just trying to have interest in conversations with people that I find interesting, regardless of what their politics are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I just want to learn and I want to learn from other people. Um, I, I, and at the same time, I feel depressed about the same thing. I feel yeah. depressed that there's so many people who don't want to talk to each other and don't want to understand each other and don't have any empathy for each other and are dehumanizing people. I mean, to me, one of the scariest things in the world is when we dehumanize. Because mm. um, when we dehumanize, it enables violence. Of course, um, yeah. And we say this about women all the time. So in prostitution and pornography, women are dehumanized. And that enables men in this case to perpetrate degrading or abusive or violent acts mm-hmm. on these women. Um, but the same can be said in all sorts of contexts. I mean, the same can be said about racism. You know, if you dehumanize a person because of their ethnicity or whatever, then it makes it much easier not to treat them with respect or, or to be violent against Mm -hmm. them and to treat them like an animal. Um, you know, there's a a long history of that, obviously. So, I mean, I, I feel hopeful that I do feel hopeful that more women are organizing and pushing back against this, this trans activism and this gender identity thing. I am seeing more and more people getting fed up and coming out and saying something, you know, and, and that, 
that's inspiring. And I mean, unfortunately, we're not, when, you know, we're not able to have events right now because of COVID. But sure. what I was seeing when I was doing these kinds of events, I traveled a lot last year and it was really great. Um, I met so many great women. And every time we do an event, people would feel inspired to organize. So, you know, one woman in the audience would stand up and be like, I'm, I feel totally isolated where I live. I don't know anybody else who shares my views. Does anybody want to start something with me? Just like have a meeting, maybe try to organize something. And mm-hmm. some other woman in the room would be like, yeah, me too. And then they can go start something. And that's, you know, inspiring and galvanizing. And people feel less alone and less helpless. Like, okay, maybe I can, I can do something. And, you know, the more we see people speaking out, the more other people will speak out. Yeah. So that's something. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Well, you know, I think um, conversation is the way forward. I think, you know, just keeping dialogue channels open, you know, allowing people to talk, to dissent, to agree, disagree, whatever. All of that is, all of that is healthy because if people cannot communicate, if people can't have dialogue, then the only other two alternatives are segregation or violence. Those are the only, there's only three ways to resolve a conflict. You can talk it out, you can fight it out, or you can, or you can separate. It doesn't matter if it's between individuals or countries. Those are the only three options. So that's why I particularly, yeah, get concerned when people don't even want to opt for the dialogue route. Yeah, sure. You can just ignore someone and never talk to them and block them and act like they don't exist. But, you know, besides those two, it's, it's always going to end up in physical, physical violence. And unfortunately, there does seem to be a very tiny minority of people who kind of, who kind of want that and then seem to thrive on it. And that's, um, I just think those are the people you always need to keep in check, regardless of where they are and what their supposed ideals are. Absolutely. I mean, I don't relate to this thing where if you have a disagreement or a conflict with somebody, you have to cut them out. um, And that's just a healthy boundary. I mean, sure, if the person is like toxic and abusive, and there's no reasoning with them, then eventually, Mm -hmm. yeah, you got to give up. Have you have you had any flack for speaking to certain people, you know, for kind of like, expanding your circle over the last couple of years and having conversations with, you know, people who, I don't know, myself maybe or you know anyone who yeah i mean certainly within perhaps some of your feminist circles who people might think okay maybe you shouldn't talk to that person or whatever have you experienced any of that or not so much no i i have a lot and okay. it's been really awful actually it's been really stressful um because a lot of feminists have come after me for having conversations with people that they see as being on the wrong side of the political spectrum Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to stop doing it because I think that it's productive and I Mm -hmm. think that it's the way forward. Um, and, and I don't agree that the world is left versus right and, and black and white. Um, I think as, as you said earlier, people are much more complex and nuanced than that. And and most people don't fit into that political binary. You know, most people are not right or left. They're sort of in somewhere in between or nowhere at all. Yeah. Um, and you know, so uh, many of our ideas are going to cross over, even if you are like a hard, a hard leftist or like, <laughs> uh, like super, like a right wing person. I mean, yeah. there's going to be things that you agree on, like, you know, violence is bad. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Is bad. 
<laughs> we used to, we used to be able to agree on some of those. Like, so maybe yeah. I'm apparently I'm wrong. <laughs> apparently now murder and violence is is fine depending yeah. on who's being murdered and, and beat up. Yeah. But yeah, like some feminists and some women have been really awful to me actually, and oh, it's really? been hard. Yeah, um, and you know at the same time I'm having really inspiring conversations with a lot of people and when i talk to people in real life they mm-hmm. agree with me that what they see going online and these divides are, that they're really awful and that they're unproductive and that the world is not as black and white as these people pretend that it is but mm-hmm. it's also like you know i find it really kind of counterproductive to come after somebody like me a cuz you know i'm so i've been so much under attack I'm going to be the enemy. Like you're, okay. you're a very amiable person. You're a very amiable person. I did write on Twitter. <laughs> I did write on Twitter that I'm speaking to my favorite feminist today. <laughs> and you. everyone, people were trying to guess who it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, people, people like to act like I'm sort of this like terrible, like mean, awful person, but I think oh, yeah, people uh, probably uh, haven't had a conversation with me before. Yeah. But yeah, like it's, it's, it's hard because I, I, I still, I have to, I have to stand up for what I believe in and I have to be authentic. You know, these things are really important to me. And, you know, I think that when you are authentic and when you're honest and you're kind of an independent thinker, you do get on. And so it sort of comes with the territory, but it is, it's hard and it's depressing. And I'm depressed by these conversations with some women where I'm like, trying to explain that you know are, this this guy isn't necessarily the bad guy what, I mean, you what, don't are have their, to, what are their criticisms i'm i am curious uh well it's i mean people have started calling saying that i'm allied with the right or that i'm moving right or that i'm you know i think i think you know even things that. like fascist adjacent (laughs) okay that's a bit much (laughs) you know because it's like i talked to so and so and they've and it's exactly what you said and you know he's (laughs) talked to somebody who's been accused of being fascist like i don't even really understand where they're they're getting this from but you know essentially i don't take the politically correct position all Mm. the time and i really have stood up and taken a, a hard stand in favor of free speech and against cancel culture and so a lot of these people are arguing in favor of cancel culture and against free speech if it's somebody that they don't like. And mm. so if I defend somebody, even if I don't agree with that yeah, person sure. or think that what they did was right, I'm still exactly I'm trying to be consistent in mm. my analysis and in my my ethics. Right. So I'm saying, no, it's not OK to treat this person in this way. They're still a human being. These, they still deserve understanding and empathy. The story is more complex than you're allowing for. And as, as though the rest of you haven't done bad things. Exactly. Like let's, let's comb through your <laughs> yeah. entire life, all yeah. your text messages, your message history, and see if you've ever done or said a bad thing ever, mm-hmm. because you all have. And, you know, just that it it wasn't caught on video and it didn't go viral highly, yet. yet. Highly, highly, highly controversial. That's what I said in 2016 when that Trump, you know, grab him by the uh, <laughs> when that when that Trump tape leaked when like 20 years ago or something he'd uh, talked about how you know oh, when you're a celebrity women just let you walk up and grab him by the you know what and there was just all, you know, people were just clutching their pearls and there was this huge moral outrage. I remember having a conversation about this with like some of my guy friends and I was like, 
I'm like, don't any of you tell me you've never said something. <laughs> like, I, I, was like, I know you, like, you, we, you all know that like, in a private conversation with your body, we all know like, we've said something that you would not be proud for someone to have recorded <laughs> and then broadcast on the internet. It's like, look, let's, totally. stop, let's stop pretending that this was like the craziest thing in the world. Do I, do I think it was a good statement? No, I don't. Right? And people are like, oh, you're supporting. That's like, no. But I don't believe, <laughs> like, I don't believe that you have never said anything in a private conversation that, that you would be totally ashamed for it to go public. Like, of course, we're, we're humans. People make jokes. People, you're with your friend. You're just making flippant comments. You're trying to, like, you know, out macho each other or whatever. You're just saying some crazy stuff. And, totally. you know, that leaked out. But I mean, I think I, I said something similar, which is yeah. that and I think I think Trump is a misogynist. But, like, <laughs> I think that, you know, I because I think Ben Carson said something like, oh, this is just locker room talk. And I I was like, yeah, this is locker. Have you ever been in a lock? Like, have you ever been around <laughs> men? Like, because I, I have, I, you know, like I have a lot of male friends yeah. and I've for a long time. I have been in situations when I was younger. I mean, my male friends don't talk like this now, but you know, when I was 18, 19, hanging out with a group of guys and I know what they say. And I'm sure they say much worse things than that (laughs) when I'm not around. And I was like, you guys are so either you're completely clueless and you aren't around regular people or you're not around men. Um, But this, yeah, this like moral outrage over this thing that it's like, oh god like i would never say such a thing and it's like yeah right Mm, like i've said lots of horrible things i can Mm. fully admit that like i wouldn't (laughs) there are things i wouldn't say we obviously speak differently in private than we do in public also like the way that i would speak to you know my very close friend is not the way that i would speak in public and can people acknowledge that yeah i mean this is just reality like I, it blows my mind. We're all we're all <laughs> such a bunch of phonies, and we want everyone else to be phony too. Yeah. And meanwhile, I hate phonies. Like the the thing that I like the most in other people, and the thing that I value in myself is authenticity. And yeah. I just I'm like, am I so different from all of these people who just want everyone to be fake and dishonest all the time? Like, it's a big problem. You know, if you look at so many problems in society, they're rooted in lies. They're rooted, they're rooted in lies. Like if people would just tell the truth and act, or at least try to consistently, then so many problems would actually dissipate very, very quickly. But it's like you once one lie is told, you've got to tell another 10 to keep up the first one. And we just end up in these weird weeds. But um, Megan, it's been so good to talk to you again. Um, what have you got? What have you got coming out? Is there anything people should be looking out for? I know you've got your you've got your podcast. Yeah, so I hope that people will subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's just my name, Megan Murphy. So the same drugs. Um, we're podcasting everywhere. Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, blah, blah, blah. All the places where you would put a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it airs on YouTube. Um, there's some interesting interviews there that I hope to keep doing. And you cannot follow me on twitter but i do have a public facebook page and a public instagram page so people can follow me there also awesome megan murphy so good to have you on again so great to talk with you i had i had a a great time um it was great to connect with you i hope you're doing well over there and all this awesome i am the man
Sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a bang, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.